Welcome back. Uh, we've made it out of the wilderness. It's another international break. The gone worst. and done. The worst. They are really the worst. No one really likes them. But we're back, episode three, Caleb's Corner. I'm Jordan. I'm Caleb. And we are here, if you don't know, to review what it seems like forever ago, last week's, well, two weeks ago, Premier League matches, and look forward to the week ahead with a little emphasis on the Liverpool matches. Um, with all that being said, real quick, before we do start that, just real quick news updates for LFC Tampa Bay. Uh, we raised the funds for the raffle via the raffle to buy tickets for the Cancer Walk coming up on November 4th. So now all we need to do is fill the spots of the tickets that we bought. I think we have 10 walkers right now, so we just need two more people. You sign up. You don't have to pay. You just let us know. Um, we give you one of the tickets. You get your own personal, well, not personalized, but you get uh, one of the red T-shirts that we got made because we got 12 walkers signed up. And, uh, yeah, you come out, show support for the Hope, Health, and Sunshine Foundation run by Justin, who is the bartender and co-owner at the Horse and Jockey. And you get to hang out with some LFC Tampa Bay folk uh, for a good cause. So if you're interested, just reach out to LFC Tampa Bay via email, Facebook, Instagram, however. Get in touch with us. Let us know that you would like to do that. And, uh, yeah, we'll get that in motion to make sure you're signed up. There's two more spots left. So, yeah, get after it if you are interested. And once again, that's November 4th. But... That's it as far as news goes. Caleb, how have you been? Well, it's been a little sad. Yeah? Yeah. International break always does that to me because you get into the season and then jarring break. Yeah. And then also, I'm not really that invested in, in the Mexico team right now because yeah. we don't have a manager. True. So it's kind of hard to get excited about it. Yeah. And the, game, you know, the games don't matter, unlike in Europe yeah. where they're doing their little tournament, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they, they matter in yeah. a way. Mm-hmm. Ours, you know, air quotes, air quotes matter. We don't have a manager. We're kind of experimenting, kind of like the U.S. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to care. Yeah. I but, mean, I thought we'd I'd get to this particular international break and be like, thank God, because of the, the run that we went through last month and and all that nonsense and all the teams that we played. Um, and then yeah, obviously we had a U.S. game in town, so you know that helped a little bit. But it, I mean that was fun. It yeah. was a good time. It, I had a good time there as well, watching the youngsters play and getting to see players like Tim Way and Saif, who I'd never heard of before, and you know I a little bit of Josh Sargent, uh, Ginger Fro out there, giving like a little bit of a cameo. It was cool, and, yeah. and seeing Zach Steffen in goal, who I thought was superb, um, that was fun. It was a very fun game. The atmosphere was great. It was very Colombian. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, but yeah, you know, about two or three days in an international break, I immediately was like, oh shit, it's like not even a, like five days to the next Liverpool match. Yeah. It's a proper like two weeks now, and I hated it. I thought I would be like, oh, thank God, I need a little break. It's been every three or four days and a big match every three or four days right. and like, you know, just clenching the whole month of September into October. And then, yeah, the international break hit, and I was like, this is shit. I hate, I hate international breaks. Yeah, especially when it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter yeah i've i've cooked up an idea in my head just real quick you know i think we should just run the premier league season all the league seasons europe worldwide straight through six seven months get it done right Right. then you have your continental competition for a month and then you get like a month to do all your qualifying continental championships and then the players get two months or a month off and then you start the season up again you know and you get a proper full preseason and everyone is happy you know that's I like what, it. Yeah, right. Well, we'll save that for another conversation. How to fix the international breaks? Yeah. It's a fun conversation that everyone likes to have. Everyone does. But um, let's get into the the meat and potatoes of the show, and let's let's jump into uh, reviewing last weekend. 
So real quick, we'll do the scores from last weekend, and then we'll do the table, and then we'll break down the games that, obviously the Liverpool match against City, and then the games that Caleb had circled as watching, whether he did watch them or not. (laughs) Uh, I might have to help out a little more than usual this weekend, uh, or this week. Uh, So last week, the results real quick from top to bottom, from uh, an order played, so to speak. So the first game of the week last week on Friday was Brighton-West Ham, Brighton won 1-0, starting early on Saturday morning. Burnley and Huddersfield played to a 1-1 draw. Wolves beat Crystal Palace 1-0 at Selhurst Park. Bournemouth beat Watford away 4-0. Leicester City lost to Everton at home 2-1. Tottenham won against Cardiff City at home in a thrilling 1-0 that we'll we'll talk plenty (laughs) about. Uh, I know you have plenty to say about that. Um, Manchester United came from behind to beat Newcastle 3-2. We'll we'll talk about that one as well. Arsenal beat Fulham 5-1 away from home. Poor Fulham. Poor, poor Craven Cottage getting another beating, a beatdown. Uh, Chelsea went to Southampton and 1-3-0. And then, of course, uh, the big match of the weekend on Sunday uh, was the Liverpool-Man City game that, to everyone's surprise, ended 0-0. Yeah. And so with those results in mind, uh, with a look towards the table, as always, we start at the bottom and we work our way to a crescendo. So at the bottom, Cardiff City on two points with negative 13 goal difference. Above them, Newcastle also on two points, but once again, only minus seven goal difference. Just not letting in the goals somehow, you know? Even right. when they're losing consistently, just not letting in the goals. <laughs> Huddersfield on three points with that, with that draw last week against Burnley, but also at negative 13 goal difference. Above them, just outside the relegation zone with five points, Fulham, negative 12 goal difference. Above them, Southampton also on five points, negative eight goal difference. 15th is West Ham with 7 points, negative 5 goal difference. Crystal Palace is just above them, 7 points as well, but negative 4 goal difference. Brighton Hove Albion is in 13th with 8 points and negative 4 goal difference. Uh, Just above them, Burnley, 8 points, negative 2 goal difference. And then this is where a a little gap has formed between 12th and 11th. We finally have a gap in the table. There's a 4-point jump from 12th to 11th. And Everton, bottom of the table, bottom half of the table, Everton, as we like to point out. (laughs) Just make that clear distinction. Bottom half of the table, Everton. Uh, In 11th place with 12 points and positive 1 goal difference, just edged out at the top half of the table by Leicester, who also has 12 points but positive 2 goal difference. Watford in ninth with 13 points, negative one goal difference. Actually tied, must be, must be behind Man United based on goals scored. Right. Because Man United is also on 13 points with negative one goal difference in eighth place. Above them in the European places, Manchester United just outside the European spots. Remember that, folks. In seventh place, Wolves with that uh, Europa League spot uh, hanging on to it. 15 points, plus three goal difference. Bournemouth above them, doing pretty well. In sixth place, 16 points, positive four goal difference. Tottenham on the outside looking in on the top four. In fifth place with 18 points, positive eight goal difference. Just behind Arsenal, who also has 18 points and plus nine goal difference. Um, Liverpool in third, 20 points, plus 12 goal difference. Chelsea, 20 points, plus 13 goal difference. And City in first, 20 points, plus 18 goal difference. And that is the table. Just to point out real quickly, Tottenham, their biggest point haul from the first eight games in their history, correct? Correct. I read that somewhere. I believe Arsenal is also like close to their biggest point haul. Liverpool, their biggest point haul. And Chelsea, their biggest point haul to start a Premier League season. And there's only one first-place team. And that city, who is all not having their biggest point haul right. thus far, <laughs> they're actually three points behind where they where they were last season at this point, uh, due to that Riyad Mahrez miss. Uh, and so, with the table like, and talking about the miss, let's get into the Liverpool game. Yeah, Liverpool City. What were your your impressions? So I 
first half was kind of boring. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I watched it at home. Um, so I wasn't feeling great, so I didn't go to the pub. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, did, I did watch it. I thought... I expected more of this. I expected more of City dominating the, the ball, scoring a couple goals, and then you guys hitting them on the counter, sco- scoring a couple goals. It wasn't like that until the kind of the second half we started seeing more of that pattern. Yeah. But I I felt like, I feel like Salah is off. Because there was one chance, I think it was in the second half, when, he, when he's on the right side of the box, takes it on his left foot, and last year he puts that in the top corner. Yeah. And last well two weeks ago he just kind of tamely shot it at the keeper yeah and i felt like i don't know is he lacking confidence is um, he tired i think i it's don't a, know it's a bit of confidence i think yeah last season he had a couple chances in the game to be fair where like he just snatched at him and he sent one like flying, flying over the bar over the top, yeah. that he usually might have just curled into the top corner if he was full of confidence they're also throughout the game um <clears throat> pep guardiola just stuck Benjamin Menny on his back the whole time and just told him, like, you know, don't let him get by you, whatever it costs. And, you know, in different match, the referee maybe pulls out a yellow card and it opens it up a little bit more. Right. But he, Benjamin Menny got away with a lot. And to be fair, like, you know, it's pretty standard Premier League defending in regards to, like, you know, pulling at the jersey, you know, getting a little physical and aggressive. And maybe it doesn't call for a yellow card. Maybe I'm being a bit biased about that. But, yeah, he's, he's Masala has been, you know, targeted by defense of team by the teams that are we're playing against by you know shading over to his side um he's also you know some people at the pub speculate like Declan for instance that he's still carrying that shoulder injury and he's right. still a little bit in his head about that that that's that makes sense yeah and you know he's 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 yet to hit the same form he started he had la- at the end of last season but you know most Premier League teams so far this year have yet to hit the form that they had last season. Yeah. You know, outside of Arsenal, maybe who have this great vein of form going going on, but right. they also aren't playing like the top teams. That, like we just went through a run of ridiculousness that ends with City at the end. So like they're all a little bit tired and everything. Yeah, different Mosala maybe finishes a couple of yeah. the chances. So uh, that, that that was my only like I, and I've seen it kind of in the in the last couple of games where he just doesn't look like his best self from last season. Which I guess is normal. You're not going to break your Premier League record every season. Yeah. But um, I feel like if he had at least done a little more, yeah. I think maybe the result's a little different. Yeah, and so, like, the main, like, you said, as, like, so you're not a City or a Liverpool fan, so you said it was it was boring in the first half. For me, it was very intriguing. Yeah, let's put it, let's call it tactical, no, not yeah. boring. And, like, you know, it was it was hyped up, and this usually happens with the matches that get overhyped. Like, everyone was talking about, oh, Liverpool v. City, Pep versus Guardiola, or Pep versus Jurgen Klopp. Um, you got, you know, Mo Salah versus, you know, Gabriel Jesus. You got Ederson, Allison, like, all that gets hyped up. And it usually happens when that when that when people hype up matches like that that the match falls flat on its face. But in this instance, yeah, it was nil nil. There wasn't like a, a load of opportunities going on, but it was very interesting to. And Pep Guardiola said it at the end of the match that you know Pep Guardiola is known as this guy who goes marauding across the continent. He plays his style of football. You know, there's no you know conceding any point that he's the lesser side and that he has to change up his style of play. And then he admits at the end of the match, he's like, you can't play open football against Liverpool at Anfield. I was thinking the same thing, because usually you, you, these kinds of matchups, you're right. Even when I started watching the top, like the top four back in the day, you, you'd see like Chelsea United play, and it was more like they were scared to lose to each other yeah. than they were wanting to beat the other team. Yeah. So, 
but it hasn't always been that way recently. You've seen some, we've seen some really exciting games between the big six. Yeah. Uh, like, just this season. You've yeah. seen, um, like, we beat, well, we beat United 3-0. Yeah. They're not big six <laughs> right now. They're not the top six right now, yeah. Uh, but, like, the Arsenal-Chelsea yeah, game yeah. that ended up 3-2, you know, they attack, attack, attack. And I thought, these two teams are some of the most exciting attacking teams. That's why I was predicting such yeah. an outlandish score. Yeah. You mean, the Chelsea game t- the week prior, was it the week yeah, prior? Yeah, it was. I mean, I was also predicting an outlandish score, but I felt like that one could go either way because, you know, Sarri is kind of defensive. Yeah. He's Italian. Yeah, yeah. But this one, I, I really expected there to be fireworks. Yeah. Um, but, I f- you know, and you're right, because he played, he ended up playing Mares instead of uh, Leroy Sané, which I thought... It was interesting. Show, it, it showed it was a sign of him maybe over-respecting Liverpool. <clears throat> well, yeah, and then he played two holding midfielders as opposed to just one holding midfielder with two releasing. He told Bernardo Silva, which is, like, his, his main left, like, because... De Bruyne's injured or whatever, right. so his main replacement is Bernardo Silva. He told Bernardo Silva, like, hey, you're going to have to drop in and play defense. And then he kind of just left David Silva up the pitch with Sergio Aguero, and it was kind of, they kind of just didn't play their style where they won the ball back, and they tried to play out at first, but we were pressing them, and they were having a lot of trouble yeah, playing out the back. And then he almost instantaneously, like, kind of what Wasari did, he was kind of like, you know what, fuck this. We're not going to lose at their game, and we're just going to boot the ball up. And they they, they tried it, and then <clears throat> I think he saved Leroy Sané with the idea in his head, like, okay, this game's going to be very intense, and it was. There's going to be a lot of, you know, running around going on, and then in the 60th minute, I'll throw Leroy Sané on with 30 minutes left, and he'll just run down that wing yeah. and insert that pace. And it worked to an extent because they did win the penalty that way. Um, it's just unfortunate for them that Riyad Mahrez just decided to sky let's talk, it. Let's talk about him. Yeah. Let's talk about how he's overrated. Yeah, he's, he's – he's, I don't even think he's Manchester City quality. I don't think he makes – I don't think he belongs on the team. Well, so, so there's two types of players, right, that are overrated, so to speak. There's the Paul Pogba, who is overrated because he played on a Juventus team where he was the youngster who had to listen to all the older, mature players, and he had all the you know complementary parts around him to allow his style of game to thrive. And then once you go put him in a shit team, he's quite obviously not like world class like he's really good but he need like you're not like one of the best in the world if you need this guy around you and this type of guy around you in order to bring out your best yeah you should just insert into any team and be able to compete and then there's the Riyad Mahrez's where when you put them in a squad of really talented players you realize how limited they are and they actually (laughs) need to be on a team that's kind of shit so they can get more of the ball and be more of an influence and like force themselves onto the play because he had a couple of moments on the right wing where he he got in and like created opportunities and then but for the most part yeah, I don't, I don't, I never, I didn't understand why City was so hot on his tails. He's obviously pretty class. Like he, I'm not saying he's right. He's not a bad player. I'm not saying he's bad. I just think people, he was rated higher than he really, which is what overrated means. Yeah. But I, you know, they, I think they broke their transfer record for him. Yeah, they did. I, that that's yeah. insanity. It's I mean, insanity. it's it's the modern age of football that we live in, where you know a Premier League squad has their star player. Yeah. And so they can they can hold any other Premier League team ransom for him. Basically, it's like John Stones for fifty million or whatever from Everton to City. Like he's all right, or is he fifty, 50 million? million? Yeah. No, he's not. Is he only twenty five million less than a Van Dyke? Like no, right. absolutely not. You know, he's he's not two thirds of a Van Dyke. He's maybe half of a Van Dyke. I don't know, but um, that that when. You could see when um, Gabriel Jesus took the ball and put it in the in the penalty spot, he was going to take it, and that was that was going to be game over. Yeah, and then you could see from the from the sideline, like the the conversations, 
and you just see they they showed the replay of his like Gabriel Jesus's face when oh, he's yeah. told he's not taking the PK and he just kind of shrugs and like okay and then after the match Pep got got in his face yeah. and was like talking to him trying to calm him down or whatever and it might be one of those moments and I hope it is for them just because they're our rivals and I I want them to, to fall apart if at, at all possible but Pep has a history with star players like getting on their bad side Samuel Latou. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Yaya Torre, like he he has a way of turning players against him, um, and so I wonder if you know Gabriel Jesus is what he twenty twenty one yeah so he's a youngster uh, he's Brazilian is his lifelong dream to play in the English Premier League or is it to go over to you know Barcelona, Barcelona. or Real Madrid at some yeah. point and so this maybe might be the start of the catalyst of getting him out of there and if you look at at Manchester City they only they, Aguero's aging and then it's Gabriel Jesus and Who, the, I also think. Gabriel Jesus is overrated. I don't think he's all that good. I agree with you on that one, and you know we can get into the whole but Brazil we, and all that yeah. and all that stuff with TJ and how he fucked up their whole World Cup campaign because he wanted to play the youngster right. and for the big name or whatever. But yeah. um, yeah, I mean when when Pep gets his hands on him and they play that like quick passing system, he obviously plays a, a role in their system. Is he at twenty one? Is he what maybe Neymar was at twenty one? No, he was. He's not that type of player that can just control the game or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it is interesting that Pep Guardiola didn't even know at the end of the match when someone told him, did you know that Riyad Mahrez has missed three of his last five penalties? And he's like, oh, I, I didn't know that. Which is weird because Pep, like, seems like the type of guy that would have, like, all that information. Right. Like, available Very to him. Very analytic. Yeah, right? He looks so, like the type. Well, you, as soon as they put up the graph on the TV, I was like, he's going to miss. No, yeah. I, well, I thought he was going to get saved. I didn't think he was going to put it on the third in a third section. Yeah, well, so we're at the pub, and obviously the penalty gets called. We're all upset. Um, and then they show the graph, and someone sat next to me. I don't remember who it was. Just goes, oh, he's probably going to miss this then. And then it missed it. And I, I think it was Josh, and I just turned to Josh, and I was like, you did it. You're the one. You're the reason he missed. You pointed it out. You vocalized it. You manifested it. And, yeah, I sent it over. And then even our, our goalkeeper coach, there's a video of him before the penalty. He, like, waves down Allison, and then he turns his back to Allison and holds up his right hand as to go, like, he's going top, your top right. And that's where he sent it. He just sent it, you know, miles, miles. over the bar. Miles. Miles over the bar. So, I mean, coming out of it, um, I was really impressed with, you know, like, Jeannie Vinaldum and, and, like, Joe Gomez. For me, Joe Gomez was superb in the match. Gets thrown back out on the right right ring back. Right. Like he hasn't played that position in, you know, six, seven months or so, so to speak. Um, go, gets Goes head-to-head against uh, Leroy Sané after running around for 60 minutes and holds his own. There's even, like, a, a point in the late in the second half where he runs by Leroy Sané. And, you know, fresh Leroy Sané should have the pace to stop your your – technically your center back from running by him down the wing i think he did superb um let's talk about lovren <laughs> i thought he had he did well other than <laughs> other than kicking aguero in the back of the legs like literally the same thing that van dyke did to lamella yeah. early on in the game that was like his lovren moment and then once he got away with it he was superb yeah i thought lovren was good and i kept like i was texting our friend laura i was like yeah. who is this guy or my other friend his name's james he's a big liverpool fan he lives up in massachusetts i kept texting him i was like who is this guy yeah wearing lauren's face he's the, he's a proper defender he's one of the best center backs in the world he, if not the best <laughs> if you ask him <laughs> yeah. he made some really good tackles and he didn't give away the pk it was somebody else that's true and it I, was van dyke of all yeah. people you know and like um yeah, there's that one run where Jesus gets played in and it's one-on-one with Lovren. Yeah. And we said, in, me and Dave talked about it in the longer podcast, where, like, if you present the scenario, 
and you pause the video when it's one-on-one -on -one Jesus and Lovren, and you're like, there's three outcomes here. Jesus either skips by Lovren, Lovren takes him down and it's a red card, or Lovren makes the tackle. There's like a small percentage of people that would be like, Lovren <laughs> makes the tackle. Right. And like, so like he, he did what he had to do. Um, he was better than Van Dyke just because he didn't give away the penalty. Right. He put in superb tackles. That tackle on Jesus, not only was it a one-on-one -on -one last man kind of last-ditch tackle, but it was like a crunching, like it fair, was. like beautiful tackle. It was. It was the one right outside the box, Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was such a good tackle. And, like, you know, timed it perfectly. And, it, yeah, so, like, it, and it's good that he, there is now competition there because, um, yeah, like, the fact that we can move Lovren into there into that center back pairing and then shift Gomez outside. I prefer not to, but now we have the depth there where we have like a World Cup finalist, Van Dyke, who's a captain, and then this young English lad who's who's been kicking on. And then on top of that, Joel Matip, kind of forgotten, only yeah. tw only twenty six years old. I actually had to look it up, and he's like our fourth choice. So like, yeah, our, our center back pairings are, are superb, and yeah, people might have forgotten because he hasn't started at the beginning of the season. But Lovren got us to a Champions League final. And so he, he has a little bit of skill. Yeah, he has a moment in him where he might kick Aguero up his backside in the penalty box. But if you get away with it, is it does it matter really? No, right? right? So we're, we're, what, eight games in? Yeah. How would you rate your season so far? Oh, it's superb. I mean, we've played you away, which we lost last season. We played Chelsea away, which we lost last season. Uh, yeah, we dropped two points on last season results for Man City at home. But... Got it out of the way, and we're still even on points at the top of the table. So, like, you know, if an A-plus is a 100% record, then I guess we're an A. Because, you know, we've only dropped, what is it, four points in the league, and the only four points we dropped are to Chelsea and Man City. So, I mean, if you're going to drop points, you might as well drop it to the other sides that are top of the table while they're dropping points to West Ham and Wolves. You know what I mean? So, right. like, you know, I, I, I had excellent start to the season. And it's just, you know, if in any other year where we're the only team that's gotten 20 points from the first eight games, we're top of the table by, you know, two, three points or whatever and having a laugh. But it's just this season where everyone's setting new records at the top of the table. Right. Sometimes you have those seasons where, like, everything's pretty close from the top to the bottom. Like, the, the mid-table teams are putting up a fight. And, like, you know, there's outs, like, the, the from first to tenth is like a span of like six points and then sometimes there's seasons where like no the top four five six just win every fucking game and and they just run away with it and a huge gap develops and like everyone's winning and now you got to win every game against the bottom sides or whatever but we'll see it's it's still only eight games in what are we a fifth of the way through the season or whatever yeah. so and then we get to january obviously and that'll shift everything up so who's just to finish up the man city the match uh man of the match I'm going to give it to Lovren. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. I'm doing it. So, yeah, a lot of people, Lovren got a lot of shouts. I'm trying to remember who, because it was so long ago now, like with this goddamn international break. I'm trying to remember who the official man of the match was. Um, I think it was I think it was actually Lovren who, who got it. But, yeah, I'd probably give it to Lovren or Joe Gomez just because they, they were superb. And then Jeannie Vinaldum, after having a couple of tough games prior, showed up again and did a lot of really good work in the midfield. And, yeah, just with a front three in a little bit better form. We probably could have won that match and, yeah. you know, maybe have a little bit different conversation. But, yeah, that that's that for the Liverpool City match. So let's chug on ahead to the reviews from two weeks ago, so to speak. Um, but last week, uh, the next game I have up that yeah, that you had circled was Southampton-Chelsea. I did not watch So that. I did watch because it was the match before ours, I think. So I showed up early just to watch Danny Ings. Um, Danny Ings should have scored early and made it 1-0 didn't skied it from six yards out and then Chelsea just controlled the game and put three goals past uh Southampton as as you should do if you're a title challenging squad and Chelsea 
looks like a proper team, as much as I hate to say it. Yeah. I was hoping there would be a little bit of a betting in period, but Chelsea's doing that Chelsea thing that they do where they fire their manager who won a title and bring in this new guy, and he just goes and... <laughs> Has a record-setting season, right? And it's it's a little bit insanity. And if I was Chelsea, I would just hire a manager, let him win the league, and then fire him, even though he won the league, and just hire a new one and just a new manager every season. Because apparently that that's... can only work for so long. <laughs> well, apparently it works every time for Chelsea, which is ridiculous. So maybe it's their secret recipe. Um, yeah, it, it was just really suffocating from Chelsea. There wasn't much that Southampton. They created the one chance early on, and then they Danny Ings skied it. And then Chelsea just kind of took full control, and they're the passing and they're pressing. I saw a graph that Chelsea are the highest pressing team in, in the Premier League right now, where Liverpool are actually down to like 11th and 12th. Like apparently Jurgen Klopp is, you know, taming it back a really? little bit in the first half of the season, which it was an interesting thing to look up. Chelsea are by far the highest pressing team. It seems as if Sarri's come in. He's like, look, until you learn the system like fully, we're just gonna f- try to win the ball as f- high up the field as possible and just, you know score goals that way which is you know a smart way of doing things yeah especially if like you said people expect you to come in from Serie A play a little bit more defensive or have this different style and you're just like no we're gonna go right up the field and just keep constantly 54 percent of the time they're pressing the ball interesting yeah I think the next closest team was like 48 percent or whatever um so yeah it's interesting to see that and it definitely it's bearing fruit against the smaller teams because they have the they have the class in there and they yeah. have the ability in there uh, man of the match once again just goes to Eden Hazard because once again he's just terrorizing all the teams that he possibly can. He's in he's in a great vein of form. He's trying to earn that that move to Real Madrid right now. <laughs> Hopefully, he's been talking about it too. He uh, he had an interview where it was it was the most typical like prima donna thing to do where he they were asking him of like hey what's your future? He's like oh I've dreamed my whole life of playing at Real Madrid. La, la, la. But of course I love Chelsea too. So you know. I was like, oh, okay, so just <laughs> so Chelsea fans that think he's gonna go are like, he's going, and the Chelsea fans who think he's staying, like, he's staying, look. <laughs> it's just, you know, Eden Hazard's fully enjoying the fact that he is the center of the transfer world right now, right? And people are like, what are you gonna do, lad? So, hey, let him have a good do you time. You think he goes? One hundred percent. He said it in his interview, like his dream. He's dreamed his whole life of going to Real Madrid, and there's there's going to be an opportunity for him to go there. Florentino Perez apparently is more inclined to try to sign Neymar, and I just read last night he has been collecting a transfer kitty over three or four seasons to go get Neymar. That's the most ridiculous yeah. thing I've ever heard. So he, he doesn't fit that style of play. I don't think it's just what Real Madrid. Real Madrid loves taking ex Barcelona players and just shoving them in their faces and beating them with them. That's the reason why he wants to go sign Neymar. He'd be like, oh, the one that got away, you know? He's not even, I don't even think he's that great. We'll see, though, because he, he was upset when Kylian Mbappe scored his hat-trick against Lyon the other day, and you could see him in the background when Kylian Mbappe's getting all the attention. Neymar has this look on his face like, oh, I'm so upset or whatever, you know? So I'm sorry that you're the second-best player on, on the team. <laughs> on the team and not even the second-best player in the world. Sorry, lad. You get, get in line and do yeah, better. Get in line. Stop rolling around on the ground a little bit so yeah Eden Hazard man of the match 3-0 to Chelsea blah 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 the next one Man United versus Newcastle United see yeah and I should not have turned that on because I have have this thing like I told you before I'm not superstitious unless it comes to soccer I turned it on it was 2-0 I should have turned it off yeah because right when I was watching Newcastle had an opportunity to make it 3 yeah and I think if I hadn't been watching they would have and then I was just having such a good time. I'm like, oh, yeah. look at this game. So I'm going to watch. Yeah. I'm going to watch. And then, because it's at home, it's at Old Trafford. 
you know, uh, you know, Manchester United yeah. getting beat at home. Yeah. Mourinho's done. Yeah. He's getting fired. The moment the final whistle comes, <laughs> a young child is going to hand him a note yeah. saying with like a little red, the black spot, the black mark from like Pirates, like, you're done. <laughs> yeah, you're done. <laughs> so that, that was going to happen. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, 70th minute, yeah. he makes the right changes. He actually is a proper manager, makes the right changes, brings in the players that make a difference. And yeah. Uh, Santos. I think I call. I listened to it. I I think I remember. I called that Newcastle would go up one nil early, and then United would equalize instantaneously, and then lose all hope and just look like they don't know how to play football. And it was kind of like that where Newcastle went two nil up, and then for sixty minutes it just looked like United had no idea how to play football, and then out of nowhere. Like, for, like, a 20-minute span, that last 30 minutes or so, like, they just were like, actually, we know how to play football, and they just did it. And I'm like you. Like, I'm very superstitious. And when I saw it was 2-0, I had this, I was like, oh, I shouldn't turn it on. I really shouldn't <laughs> turn it on, but I want to I wanna, I wanna bask in all this glory yeah. and bathe it in and drink it in and enjoy every second of it. And then, yeah, they had that John Joe Shelley played a free kick in, and there was a handball on Ashley Young with his yeah. elbow out. Yeah. And once that didn't get called, I was like, oh, I should turn this off. I really should. But I was like, nah, it's 2-0. It's Rafa Benitez. He knows how to park the bus, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, it just all kind of fell apart. And, unfortunately, uh, Manchester United clawed it back and won 3-2. And the sad, the worst part was Alexis Sanchez scored the, the winning goal. Yeah, exactly. Out of nowhere. Because everyone's like, where is he? You know, he's the highest paid player in the Premier League. He hasn't shown up. He's not that good, and then he scores the game winner. But it could be one of those things where it's like false hope because Newcastle is down there in the bottom three. No, nah, of course, and that's but that's the other part. Like everyone was so excited about it, like oh, what a comeback! I was like, well, they are also garbage. Yeah. You were also down two nil to them, <laughs> yeah, exactly for the majority of the game, and not even just two nil down. Like like two nil down on being picked apart, like yes. through balls and like After, that's why I was saying like those opportunities for Newcastle to even increase that scoreline yeah so like you know i man of the match i i really don't know who to choose from united because it has to be a united player doesn't it because they won but like they were all kind of very anonymous and so like i don't really know who you give it to because i'm trying to like I, I i remember united scoring and being like but i also remember being like how the fuck did this happen because they really weren't, like, asserting themselves too much. Like, they got possession at some point, but really when Newcastle started dropping in, and, like, I, I'm trying to recall, like, a single player that, of, of note that, like, actually did a, a whole bunch for them, and I don't. I don't either. Um, but I would, say, I would say you have to give it to Mourinho for making the changes. He took Rashford off, put Martial in, yeah, and he scored a goal. Yeah, He put Alexis Sanchez in, he scored a goal. He also dropped Pogba like into a center back position he did. and like did all this weird nonsense. And it finally worked. <laughs> I literally think that Jose Mourinho has no more ideas left, and he's just just doing whatever. Like just fuck. It. Like you remember we talked about how he put McTominay in, in center yeah, back, yeah. and he's literally just going, "I'm trying things. I'm trying things." And so he was just trying things. You, you ever have that uh, back in the day that um, Magic Eight Ball app on your phone? Yeah. Where you're like. Should I put Pogba in defense? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Pogba, you drop back. Up. It's like That's, 21 questions. Yeah. He just goes down and shakes it and like, okay, I have my team now. Yeah, and my team, my, my formation. Like, what? How do you? I have I have my sources. Yeah. But yeah. see, I'm appreciative because you know, side little side story real quick in college football wise. Um, so Miami played FSU that that same night. 
Um, and I'm a, big, I'm a big Miami Hurricanes fan when it comes to college football. And we went down 27-7 uh, <laughs> real, real quick. And, like, I just turned the game off because I was like, you know what? I need to learn my lesson. I watched the Man United game. They came back and won 3-2. I'm going to turn this off. And then, sure enough, my friend who's also a Miami Hurricanes fan is just texting me because I told him I turned it off. I'm supposed to go to his house to watch it. That's our superstition, and yeah. I didn't. So I had to turn the game off. And what happens? Miami comes back and wins by one point, and I didn't watch a single second of That's the comeback. If you had. Exactly. If you had. Exactly. So I told that story to everyone at the pub. I was like, yeah, it's my fault, man. You know, I came back. and But hey, I learned but my I lesson. I did it too. So it was like our combined. Yeah, you're right. Next time we'll text and we'll, we'll, we'll coordinate and triangulate our yeah. signals and everything. Because and... I, I just turned it on. I didn't know the score. I just happened to turn it on. I was like, 2 0. Okay. <laughs> I'll watch. Yeah, so I'm not a man of the match. We'll give it to Jose Marie. I just, I just, I can't even pick. I can't even remember a single United player that really asserted themselves. Okay, you know what, Anthony Martial, who's been turning down contracts at Man United, you're a man of the match because you know you scored a goal and you're turning down contracts at Man United right in their face. He's a Tottenham target, <laughs> apparently. Other news: uh, Luke Shaw just earned 185 per week contract at Man United, you know, get injured for two whole seasons and then play two great games and now get paid 200000 a week, basically. Yeah. That was our top wage for Daniel Sturridge like two seasons ago. They're they're gonna run themselves in the ground. We'll just we'll we'll wait to see as that story develops. So let's get into uh, the the final match from last weekend. Your match, Spurs v Cardiff, yeah. which uh, didn't go as as maybe as you had hoped. We won. Yeah, that's good. That's always that's good. That's the only plus. Yeah. There were there were some moments of like individual brilliance, like uh, uh, Trippier nutmegs two two guys in a row, or Son makes this audacious play on the side. Uh, Alderweireld clears the ball off the line. Yeah, L- little things like that. But overall, we were just dreadful. We were bad. Yeah, you were texting me that the whole time. And <clears throat> so you didn't know me before Pochettino took over Tottenham, but I am like the the quintessential pessimistic soccer fan. Like, yeah, it's not even half empty, half full. The glass could be half full, and I'm just thinking of ways the glass is gonna tip over. Yeah, that's that's how I've always <laughs> okay. been. Yeah, that's a good way. I understand. Yeah, this is the worst we've played under Pochettino period we're yeah. really bad and i think there are a lot of factors like because i asked you to rate your season yeah and you're like top top notch top scores yeah. i'm like this is awful yeah yet we have our best ever starting yeah, record beat, point hall if we beat west ham we'll have our best ever yeah but i just think we've been playing so bad so i i think it's got to do with a lot of things like the players just aren't they look exhausted mentally and physically sun isn't himself we have injuries one yama got hurt over the international break against yeah. ghana great um for tongan's out for at least maybe until january yeah um ben davies hasn't been hit the same player he has yeah. uh, erickson still hasn't shown up son you know you would think after getting out of his yeah. military obligations he he'd be like free and he just hasn't been himself well, so like, like real quick, like specifically your squad, and then like Man United squad a little bit, and then not so much, but a little bit of Chelsea. Like you look at some of these top four teams, um, and like it's the reason why Arsenal has actually started like better than everyone else, so to speak. Like they have this rich vein of form, maybe not point wise, but like they look like they're more together. It's like, look, you know, most of your squad is the English and Belgian and French national team, so to speak. Like, you got your French national team goalie. You got your two Belgian center backs. And midfielder. Trippier. Yeah, you got Harry Kane. You got Deli Ali that all played to the last moments no, of the World Cup. If if you look, we have we had nine players that made it to the semifinals or beyond out of yeah. our starting 11. And if you add Son and Davidson 
Sanchez, that's our that's eleven players that were at the World Cup. And then Son has to play another international exactly. competition. So like, yeah, they they are probably really really tired, and some of that's manifesting in injuries and, and stuff like that. And it's hard to get clicking and, and get going when yeah. when you gotta not only that, but then you gotta get sent out as soon as you start to get a flow, you get sent back out on an international, international break. break. Like that's why the, you know, and I and I told you we had four games in a row that were easy games, and we've won them all, but not as comfortably. And I, I really don't have hope for us tomorrow. I don't, I, on paper we should beat West Ham because they're trash. Yeah. But, you know, realistically speaking, the way we, we couldn't put a second goal past ten man, Cardiff. Yeah. If that was had, the part that was surprising to me. If we had put one more goal in, we'd still be in fourth yeah. because Arsenal scored five yeah. <laughs> against Fulham. Yeah. yeah. Against Fulham, yeah. and we couldn't put more than one against. Yeah. Freaking Cardiff at home too. At no. And, was it? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it was. Yeah, I have it down here that you yeah. were at home. Yeah, and like the other thing, like that, that was insane to me. And we talked about it in the preview for that game. Was that you know you're playing on the massive Wembley pitch and like you're gonna have them spread out. They can't really park the bus, and then they get to ten men, and then they're even have to be even more spread out, and you can't take advantage of we the space. Yeah, it was bad. It was it was a bad performance overall. I'm really not very optimistic about this season because imagine if we had your record, yeah. I mean your schedule with our performances yeah. so far we'd be like in 10th place and those type of runs are going to come up for you eventually exactly so i mean and i, th- I think right now if you ask me we're playing at 60 percent. so that's kind of a good thing and a bad thing at 60 percent, we're still yeah. at our record pace you know there's there's only one way and that's up yeah. now, we can't get a lot worse than what we're playing right now and we're still grinding out results yeah. so if we can if we can somehow pick it up and the other thing is like international break our guys are playing again. Yeah. You know, Harry Kane played. He played well against Spain. Eric Dyer played very well. Yeah. Did you see that tackle against I Sergio? didn't. Oh, I didn't. you got to look it up. He the just... only tackle I saw from the international break was Lovren going studs up on Raheem Sterling. Oh. And that was beautiful. Well, oh. <laughs> you, you got to look up the Eric Dyer tackle on Sergio Ramos. Like, Oh, I did see this, and Sergio Ramos was complaining about it afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's in the 11th minute. It's in Spain's box like, there's no reason yeah. for Eric Dyer to be up there he just plows Sergio yeah. Ramos like, I gets like up, that gets up and it's like what foul yeah I like he, that back in the older footy man before he went to uh, Tottenham you used to be able to sign him from Sporting Lisbon or whatever yeah. and I'd always fancy a little Eric Dyer signing playing midfield center back cover you know like he's, he's versatile or whatever so yeah you know what the fact that he's putting in tackles on Sergio Ramos and making him upset he, he add, only adds to my uh, affection for an right. Eric Dyer you know so I Again, we're we're just we're tired. We don't have a home. True. Uh, although the word on the street right now is by Boxing Day. Oh, we, we should Boxing Day opener. Boxing Day. Yeah. Opener. Unbox the season. Unbox. Unbox. Yeah, unbox. Look at that. <laughs> it's it's meant to be in so many levels. Only half a season late, but you know. Uh, so I think with all the problems we've had, we played really bad, and somehow we're still here. Yeah. But I. So I, what would you rate your season then? I'd have to give it an average, a C. So a C? We we were lucky we played the bad teams we've played. So yeah, it has to be a C. I guess you got to consider Champions League in there as well. So like, yeah, you're not doing so hot in that regard. I mean, two games away. I mean, everyone thought we'd lose to Barcelona both games, so that's fine. Those were washes. Those, yeah. You know, we we lose to Inter Milan away. Fine. Yeah. We have to beat them at home. Yeah. I think if we split it, we're still fine. We'll beat PSV both both times, and I think we'll be okay. Okay. So C? I have to give us a C. Hey, who's the man of the match of, of the Cardiff City game for you? The referee's final whistle. It was it was so <laughs> bad. I mean, I definitely think it was a red card. 
I don't know if you saw. No, I didn't. He, I mean, he kicked him in the stomach. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. It was a breakaway, and he kicks him in the stomach, so I don't know. I, I felt like. I don't know. <laughs> the referee's final whistle is I, the man let, in the Let's match. call it. Let's say that. It was just such a bad, bad game. Yeah, you were texting me throughout, like, they're going to score. Oh, my God, we deserve to lose. Like, I can't believe this. Ten men Cardiff, blah, blah, blah. Just the rundown. Like, the only bright spot I would say about the season so far, other than our record points haul, is that Toby Alderweireld is not only back, and he's but he's playing well. Okay. Like, he didn't leave, but he's not riding the bench. He's actually playing. Harry Winks is playing well, too. Harry, I would say Harry Winks. Let's give it to Harry Winks. Okay, Harry Winks. Why not? But, no, Harry Winks coming back from injury and, and Toby Alderweireld actually playing good defense after that whole fiasco of last season. Yeah. You know, we if we had gotten rid of him and not picked anyone else up and then Vertonghen gets hurt, who are we going to put in? Yeah, true. Yeah. Carter Vickers. Yeah. Hey, he's on loan, actually, so you can't. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure we wouldn't have loaned him, but he's yeah. like... Uh, yeah. Although, here's something else. I, I have been reading up on it. Um, apparently, Daniel Levy has $100 million ready to spend this January. Oh, but see, here's the problem with having $100 million to spend in January. You're probably spending it all on one player. One, yeah. First of all, um, I had this discussion with Anthony. Do you remember Anthony? About how bad... January transfers are, you, you, there's never been there's been like a handful, maybe one or two, yeah, of January transfers that actually panned out to be anything good. Well, Liverpool for some weird reason, like usually you're right, but we have actually had like a strong history recently. Like we signed Phil Coutinho in January, we signed Daniel Sturridge in January, Luis Suarez in January windows. But for the most part, usually yeah. when you sign someone, they're just because I looked at Chelsea because he's a Chelsea fan, and then I looked at us and we signed. Deli Ali on January, but he stayed at MK Don's. Yeah. And then we signed Mora in January, but he didn't play. Yeah. And then and none of his players that he's ever signed, well, he, like, none of the players that Chelsea have signed have actually panned out to anything. Yeah. I think uh, Torres signed. Yeah. In, in January. January. Yeah, he did. He left and, the last day, yeah. yeah. Like, and then, you know, also, like, the big one, Van Dyke, we brought in January. So we have a bit of a different. So maybe different... you guys are the exception to the rule, but for, for us, we've signed some howlers. Yeah. Some real duds. No, it's tough because, like, they've been playing half a season at another club, and yeah. they come in, and they got to, like, learn a whole new system. And then there's always that expectation that they plug right in because right. you've bought them midseason, like, some, like that they're somehow just going to, like, be magical. Yeah. Like, Luka Mora, who had to sit out, like, whole, like for, like, a couple of months before yeah. he actually had an impact last season. But now you see when he gets the full, like, Ex- preseason, like, exactly. he's actually yeah. decent. So it is a tough one to sign in January. If you absolutely need it, then, yeah, go ahead. So I think that's what's going to happen because yeah. our squad is so, it's so not working right now that I think he's just going to inject some players into it. I'm not, again, I'm not a big fan of January transfers, but that's the word on the okay, street. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So let's look ahead to the next weekend. Harry Winks, man of the match, right? Just yeah. To me. Okay, so we'll, we're going to look ahead to the next weekend ahead with the rundown of the fixtures. As always, they are in order of kickoff time, so we're starting Saturday morning, 7.30, and then the home team will be listed first, just because sometimes it'll make that so clear, and rather than bumbling it all up with the home team, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, home team first, starting at the top of the list, and we're going to talk about this one, uh, Chelsea, Man United, 7.30 Saturday. The Scum Derby. is The Scum Derby. Yeah, that's a good name for it. My two least favorite teams in the entire league. Okay. I I can get down with a little bit of that as well, but uh, we'll talk about that coming up. And then West Ham v. Tottenham, Newcastle v. Brighton, Bournemouth v. Southampton, Cardiff City v. Fulham, Wolves v. Watford, uh, or as I accidentally said in the long podcast, Wolves. Wolves Wolves v. Watford. German? (laughs) I was having a clop moment. (laughs) 
Volzi Watford, and then Man City Burnley, Huddersfield playing Liverpool. That's the 12:30 kickoff uh, on Saturday, and then uh, you have your Sunday matches: Everton, Crystal Palace, and Arsenal, Leicester City. Um, so right off the bat, the first one we are going to get into is the Scum Derby, uh, Chelsea at home against Man United. What are your thoughts? I think. <clears throat> Just based on what we've seen so far this season, there can only be one outcome, and I think it's going to be Chelsea giving it, yeah, bending Manchester United over and really handing it to them. So, so here's the thing, though, and I've seen this so many times with Jose Mourinho. You come in these type of matches where you're like, you know, the writing's on the wall, it's so clear, and then somehow he pulls it right out of his arse, and he just figures out he's at Stamford Bridge, it's his old team, you know, and there's a, the, like... Part of me, yeah, I want Man United to lose and be embarrassed, but in the grand scheme of things... It's better if they win for you because Chelsea dropping points. I have the same philosophy as a lot of people uh, when it comes to rivals is draws. Just draws. I don't want either team to win. I want you both walking out of the stadium like, oh, we could have won, feeling a little bit down. A little 1-1 draw where there's like you know, you know controversial calls in there. Like could have gone either way, and both teams felt like they should have win. That's what I'm looking for is a draw. Okay. But I just the whole, like, you know, the mysticism, the narratives of football, like the magical. It just is just one of those games that's setting up for Jose Mourinho where everyone's doubting him. Where, yeah, the clear outcome here is that sorry ball comes in and sweeps him off his feet. But then, you know, like Manchester City's claiming, uh, clinching the title at home against Man United up. 2-0, what happens? All Jose Mourinho comes marching in and they, you know, they, they get three goals back in the second half and they right. somehow win, you know? So I think it sets up cheekily for Jose Mourinho to go and, and steal the three points away from home and then all of a sudden the mood around Manchester United and, and all the talk instantaneously, no, Jose Mourinho's a genius manager, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's true. I think they're still shit, even if they do win <laughs> at the weekend. But I just have this feeling that it's going to set up in, in that manner or whatever. And, you know, as far as it comes to, like, stopping uh, an opposition and just suffocating them, Jose Mourinho is one of the best in the world. Yeah. So that whole Eden Hazard problem, I'm sure he's going to stick, like, I don't know, maybe uh, one of his center backs, like, directly on his back, or he'll stick, like, a, just a McTominay in there just to be like, hey, you're not doing anything, but you're just going to stick right on the back of Hazard. Everywhere he goes, double team him, whatever, we'll have someone else beat us. I just, I just don't think they have the personnel to do it. I don't think their players are good enough to beat Chelsea. I agree. I just don't think so. I don't think. I don't really think Manchester United have a great squad. They have a couple of players that really stand out above the rest, but as a squad as a whole, you you look at them and you try to like, okay, who out of Manchester United makes the Liverpool starting eleven? Oh, at this point, it's. I don't think there's a single one. Right. Yeah. That's my point. Like they're maybe Pogba. No, mm, just because no. I, I don't think we could make up for his lack of of trying in our system. Like I don't think we could like build around him and make up for his shortcomings. Martial, no, uh, maybe cheekily, no, but he wouldn't like with Mane and Salah on form. Rashford, no, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. my point. Who out of these players? I don't. No, they don't. So, no, we take Chelsea. No, yeah, Hazard. I would take Conte in an instant. Yeah, yeah. there you go. See, that's the difference. Like you have a. a team with quality players that are playing really well and a team with mediocre players that aren't playing well, I don't care who your manager is, I think Hazard and William just run circles around them. Yeah. That's a fair That's a fair shout. I, I, I mean, yeah. Uh, if, if I'm speaking with my mind and, like, being smart about it, then on paper, like, yeah, Chelsea should wipe the floor at them and probably pretty handily and easily. Yeah. So, like, you know, um, I think the style of, of Chelsea is 
terrible for what Man United's going through right now, where they're very slow and they're very, you know, they like, it's almost like they have to think through everything they're doing, like very like. You know, like they have to like sit down, like it's like doing math and like going like an easy division, like you know, forty-eight divided by six. Oh, it's eight. But like instead, like doing okay, forty-eight divided by six and writing it out and then like carrying numbers over like on a paper. <laughs> like they have to do that rather than just being like, oh no, it's eight because I know it. Right. They're like, oh, I gotta pass the ball here and I should lift my foot up. And so like yeah, sorry the fact that they are the highest pressing team in the league. I think it it does create. But once again, I just there's just this thing about Jose Mourinho. Like he has, he sold his soul to the devil so many years ago, and like it comes to these matches where he, you know, he wants to get revenge or whatever, and he ends up getting it or. Whatever. But you know, it wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised also if this is Chelsea sacks Jose Mourinho for the fourth time, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yes. That's hilarious. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the ultimate outcome. Yeah. Is we all wake up on Monday morning and <laughs> and Jose Mourinho has been sacked by Chelsea again. Um, so yeah, key matchup. You go, I'm, I'm, for Chelsea at this point, it's like, how do you handle Hazard? Hazard, yeah. yeah. It's like, who? What do you do to handle Hazard? So that's like always the key matchup for them. And if they play William and Hazard at the same time, I don't think they have any answers. Yeah, it'll Maybe, be interesting. I think that he's gonna. I think he's gonna play Fellaini. No, um, I think I, that's what I thought. Just was to kind of like elbow him. people. Yeah, just to kick Hazard the whole yeah. time, basically. Yeah. And I think he's also just gonna be playing that long ball up front of Fellaini yeah. and, and Lukaku trying to head it down and play like click little click little one twos in behind their center backs because. I mean, unlike when they played us, uh, they're probably going to fancy going forward and opening yeah, all the way up. I and, agree. and so there's a chance for counterattacking football there, and maybe there's a couple of cheeky goals that Manchester United puts in or whatever. But, yeah, for the most part, it's what do you do with, with Hazard? And I do think it involves sticking someone on his back and then kicking the shit out of him for yeah. 60, 70 minutes <laughs> until he gets frustrated. Um, I think it's going to be a, a very dominant 2-0. Yeah, Chelsea yeah. with possession yeah. and all yeah. that. Um, you know, I'm just going to go with a 1-1, and here's what's going to happen. Chelsea going to absolutely dominate the whole play or whatever, and then uh, at the very end, uh, I don't know, Pogba's going to dive in the box and get a penalty <laughs> and, and score, and Jose Mourinho's going to shush the Stanford Bridge faithful. Shush, yeah, shush, 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 shush. I have nothing to say. Nothing. <laughs> and then he keeps his job Respect. for another. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When he got mad at, uh, who was it, Conte, for wiling up the Stanford Bridge crowd because he was beating him 4-0 or whatever. He's like, you do this at 1-0. You don't do this at 4-0. I built this club. You show respect. It's like, okay, Jose. <laughs> yeah, you're the guy who shows respect. You weren't the guy running down the Old Trafford touchline when Porto scored the winning goal at Old Trafford right. trying to wind everyone up. Man United fans might forget that or might not know that because they only started watching in 2012. But Jose Mourinho <laughs> was a much-hated figure at Old Trafford for a very yeah. long time. Yeah. It might, might, He might be adding to his reputation come end of the season. Um, so, yeah, we got our predictions out of the way. You're going with Chelsea. I'm mm-hmm. going with a cheeky 1-1 draw. Got to dip back into the well of, of picking against Man United, I guess. So, yeah, I really want to pick them to get thrashed. And I have an opportunity to, but... Can't go to the well too soon. Got to save that for some bottom-of-the-table comp- like right. games coming up for them where I can just really pick them to get beaten by West Ham's and stuff like that, yeah. you know? Um, next up, I think this is an interesting match towards the top of the table. You might not have thought it would have been, but Wolves v. Watford. I like it. Um, I love how Wolves are playing. Yeah. Um, I think we, we're seeing Watford kind of taper out. Back to reality. Well, yeah. yeah. And I think I, I, I fancy Wolves. Yeah. I do too. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, it is at the Molyneux. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they've been playing really well. Even Watford, to some extent, has been playing pretty good football right. as well. They have. They're not. They're not a bad team. They're just not. You know. As far top. as like, I'm looking at the fixtures that come on uh, before the Liverpool match. Obviously, there's yours, and that might be an interesting match. But I think the pick of the litter, honestly, from like a 
a neutral standpoint yeah. is this match. I agree. I think it'll be pretty well. So if, you, if you're going to show up to the pub, you know, before the Liverpool match, I'll probably be, be there and I'll probably be, be watching this Wolves v. Watford match because yeah. I think it has the ability to be pretty entertaining, pretty end-to-end, open stuff. Uh, Wolves will play their football. Watford will play their football. Both of them will probably fancy their chances against each other. And then um, just to pull the table back up real quick, yeah, whoever whoever wins this one is is right up there outside the top five, uh, sniffing in or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, it's an interesting it's an interesting battle for European places, and yeah, whoever wins also gets to kind of distance themselves that even further with that gap between the the top ten, eleven ish, and the, and the bottom half of the table. So yeah, I'll pick Wolves two one. Yeah, yeah. I'll go Wolves with a with a cheeky four four two. Four two. Yeah, I like want to see some goals before the match. A key matchup in that. Uh, do you got one or? I don't really know their players as well. I, you know, I just like watching them. Yeah. You know, I don't pay as much attention to them as as maybe. But I think you know you got to watch out for Troy Deeney. Yeah, he's a he's a beast. He is a big guy. So I, I would say the Wolves' defense against Troy Deeney because if he gets uh you know if he mans them up. Yeah, I'm going Jao Matinho against the the Watford back line and whether he can he can find some space and 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 be a little Threat bit creative. Balls through, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, as always, it's the midfield battle, right? Who's going to dominate the midfield battle? But, yeah, so, yeah, I don't know much either about either of them, but I just know, I just feel it's going to be a really entertaining match. Plus, they both got animals on their badges. Yeah. Like, just front and center. One is a, one's a, I'm looking at it now. It's one, a stag. One's a pentagon. One's a hexagon. Who wins? <laughs> it's, it's such a weird-looking deer. It's got, yeah. like, a dog face. Yeah, it's a hornet, right? Yeah, the hornets, <laughs> but your badge is a, it's a deer. I don't know, whatever. And then wolves just going, you know, Wolverhampton, wolves, sound. Let's just do that. No writing on their badge, just a wolf yeah. in, in orange, in, in an orange hexagon. Right. Um, and yeah, but just a little breakdown of badges there. <laughs> just, that's how you pick, that's how we're going to pick them from now on. Who's got the coolest badge? <laughs> uh, at least when we don't have any clue what the hell's going on. Yeah. Um, all right, so we, we've got that one out of the way. Uh, with expert insight there. So let's talk about yours real quick. West Ham v Spurs at the famous, famous London Stadium. Um, uh, what are your thoughts? I think, I told you, th- these are the four games we have to win. West Ham are not a good team. Um, we should beat them. Yeah. They're not good at they're not good at the London uh, the London Stadium. They're not unless they're playing bottom of the teams like Man United. You know, <laughs> just always got to get the digs in yeah, when you can. <laughs> I, I want to say we'll go in and win, like one nil, two one. Yeah, it won't be easy. It won't be pretty. It'll be ugly. Uh, they'll have their chances, but uh, that's what I'm going with. So I'm gonna I'm a couple thoughts. Massive pitch again, just massive, a humongous Olympic sized pitch. Yeah. Um, they had less internationals than you did. You had a bunch of internationals. We do. Excuse me. A bunch of people away on international break. Um, they're kind of on an up and up right now, West Ham. They lo- they lost last week. Oh, they did. Hold on. You're right. What am I talking about? I'm talking a load of shit. Yeah, you're right. They lost to fucking Brighton. So what am I <laughs> <laughs> talking? I'm talking a load of shit. Okay, so they're not on the up and up. They did beat Man United three weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. So that's so good you, that, for them. See, that's still in your head. Like, yeah. you, you're like, oh, these guys are good. They yeah. Beat. But they're not they're really. Yeah, they're down in 15th, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're just only four points outside the relegation zone. Um, it is a London derby, though, to be fair. True. So there's I, a bit of that to I it. I found out one of my professors, he's from England. He's a West Ham supporter. Oh, okay. Uh, is he from London? Yeah, or? he's from, like, east of London. Is he Hammersmith? Is, ask him about <laughs> Hammer, if he gets outfit of Hammersmith and Lou on the on the tube, because tube, that's where West Ham, because it's, you know, West Ham. Right. <laughs> Hammersmith. Right. <laughs> 
a whole. I like the British name a whole section of their of their city after the fact that there was blacksmiths there with hammers and their smiths. Yeah. So let's call it Hammersmith. Why not? It's easy to remember. <laughs> the same with like last names and everything. If you Clark, you make shoes or whatever. Right. You know, like it's uh, you gotta love the British just being straightforward with it. But yeah. So back to the to the match. Um, what is what is your your key matchup then in in this match? I, I have to see. I don't know who we're gonna play. There's so many things. I don't know. Um, I want to see if Eric Dyer and Dembella play again. Uh, Dembella's been hurt. I don't know if he's back yet. I want to see Christian Eriksen dominate that midfield. I want him back to his. Is he back? I don't know yet either. Okay. Like I haven't haven't seen any updates. Yeah. The only thing I know for sure, I don't know if Deli Ali is back either. The only thing we know 100% for a fact is Wanyama is out, and Vertonghen um, is out. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know. I want to see Harry Kane score some goals. Yeah. I does, how does he do usually against West Ham? He the, scored a he, he scored a goal against every team he's ever played against except Cardiff. No, interesting. And here's another fun fact. Uh, this is just something I read the other day. Did you know uh, Huddersfield has never been relegated from the Premier League? Well, they've only been in the Premier League once. <laughs> this is oh, hey. <laughs> Same with Bourne, Bournemouth. They've never been relegated. Oh, yeah, okay. They're, okay, so until they are, like, hey, I like it, though, you know? Yeah. I think there's a couple other teams. Like, I don't think Liverpool's been re- no. relegated from the Premier League. Arsenal hasn't. No, so, the, so let's see. United, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Everton, Huddersfield, and uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth are the teams that have never been relegated from the Bro, Premier that's League. That's interesting. I was... A little Watford. bit of trivia. A little bit of trivia for you. I just want to look real quick at the at the Premier League. Oh, Newcastle's obviously been down. Yeah. Okay. So Wolves obviously been relegated. Leicester's been relegated. Obviously. Burnley. Obviously. Brighton. Obviously. Manchester City. Crystal Palace. Obviously. West Ham. Obviously. Southampton. They've been down there. Fulham. Yeah. That's true. It's true. It wow. Is. Wow. Huddersfield. Well, they're barely holding on now. Yeah. And, and yeah. This think. will be the year. <laughs> but anyways. But yeah, yeah. Just a little trivia. For okay. You. Yes, I, I any, like that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Harry Kane. He scored against them. Um, like I said, I'm gonna go with a one one goal victory. I don't know, one nil, two one. I don't know, but yeah, I saw. I I've, I yeah. I, yeah, our defense is decent, so let's go with one nil. As much as I want to like cheekily say you'll draw, I think you'll win, and I think it, I think it'll be a struggle, and it'll really be like dig in and an ugly English football. Yeah, and yeah, it it'll be like a one nil, two one. Pochettino gets out of there and he's very happy about it. And speaks about the character. He's, he's always and, very yeah, happy. Very yes. happy. <laughs> He's, a, so he's a happy. He's a happy guy. So happy. You know when he should be sad. He's he's way too happy, yeah. isn't he? More uh, Mauricio Pochettino. Um, so yeah, predictions out of the way. Key matchups. General thoughts on that. So two, you, what was your final score? You were going one nil. No. Okay, no. I'll go two one just to make it a little bit different. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. So the big one, the big 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 one for us here at LFC Tampa Bay, Huddersfield v Liverpool. We're going down to Huddersfield Town, and it's the battle of the best men's uh, and the Godfathers, uh, Jurgen Klopp versus David Wagner. Yeah. I was watching his pre-mass press conference on the way over, and the, the English press—you gotta love them—making stories out of shit that doesn't really matter. Right. And asking him, "He's your best man. How do you fear for his job?" And he's like, "What the fuck are you talking?" He's like, "Listen here. First of all, Huddersfield gets promoted—a miracle. Huddersfield stays up last year—a miracle. If they stay up this year, he has a hat trick of miracles. So, uh, yeah, the best man battle, so to speak. <laughs> what are your thoughts heading into it? Look, I Huddersfield. I think they have like three goals. Yeah, they haven't scored a, a whole bunch. I, I think that's it. Hold on, let me look. Yeah, while you while you pontificate that. Um, so their offense is obviously not very potent. Uh, you guys have. It's hard to not 
look at a, like a four nil Liverpool. Yeah. Um. So like my feelings on it. By the way, they've scored goals four real quick. Oh wait, what is? It? Oh yeah, they've scored four. Four. Yeah. So I was off by one. Yeah. yeah. Not a lot. Not yeah, a lot four and eight matches, one every other match. Yeah, that's not. And good. they've got two against United at home, so they're legitimately scoring two goals in seven matches, yeah. which is not a good look. And one of them's against City, so now we're down to one goal in six matches. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good at all. Um, my feelings are like you know, because your first temptation is when you look at the run of games we have coming up. We got Huddersfield, Red Star, Cardiff City, so two teams in the bottom of the Premier League, uh, the relegation zone, and then you got Red Star at home. Your fourth seed in your Champions League group, it's a lot easier than Tottenham, PSG, you know, even Southampton or Chelsea, Napoli, City, like, on the bounce. So your first temptation is to go rotate. You know, there's a lot of guys. Shakiri hasn't gotten a playing time. Fabinho hasn't even made his, you know, full debut in the Premier League yet. He's gotten odd minutes here and there, started in the League Cup. Um, you know, you got Lovrens, you got Matips that need playing time. Yeah. You got guys like Nathaniel Klein who've been out for a season that need to maybe start working their way in. Um, you got Adam Milana coming back from injury, uh, Daniel Sturge in form, you know, maybe it's time to, you know, rotate a little bit. It's been a little intense run, but in the same light, if this is like the exact type of game you need to like kickstart your attacking three, you know, they've been letting in the goals. They've let in 17 in eight games or whatever. So they're averaging letting in two. They let in six against Manchester city. Um, so, I mean, you don't want to start trying to match what other teams are doing, but at the same time, you want to put down a marker and be like, okay, well, City beat them six one at their at the Etihad or whatever. Um, we beat them four nil at their place or whatever, and you start building that goal difference because it's yeah. gonna maybe matter at the end it's of the season. It's definitely gonna matter. It's definitely gonna matter. So like, I'm caught up right now in between like, do you rotate because you can and you want to keep everyone fresh out of international breaks? We had some injury scares in the international break. Thank God everyone's healthy. The only person that's really out is Kata. And other news: James Milner came back from his miraculous hamstring pole and he's in training yesterday full training he's so, not he's not human no he isn't so it's it's like really weird mo salah came back early he's fine he was in yeah. full training van dyke was in full training sadio mane broke his thumb but they think he can play he can play with a cast or whatever it's not like a leg injury or right. or some other type of thing that would really keep him out plus remember james jamie vardy broke the consecutive scoring streak with a cast on his hand yeah. so there's a bit of maybe a bit of, bit of voodoo there um so, like, you know, given that the injury thing is, is not a big deal and everyone's pretty much healthy, I, part of me is like, you know what, nah, just throw out the starting 11. Red Star, you can figure out, home European match. And then you got Cardiff, even if you just play the starters of the first two, then you got Cardiff City at home, like, the match after that. So yeah. a little bit of rotation there. Um, so I would just throw out the starting 11 and let them find their feet. Yeah, even if you don't play your starting, your best 11, I still don't see a, a way that Huddersfield can can win this game well so to be fair to Hodgefield like and you saw it because they played you and they had 70 or like 60 percent of possession that's true so like they, they they are down there at the bottom of the table and it does appear like they've been like shit but also in the grand scheme of things like they had a tough schedule they've already played Manchester United at home they played City away and they played you guys at home that's a pretty tough out of your first you know eight games some teams like you know Bournemouth are playing nothing but bottom half of the team bottom half of the table teams um so I mean, they drew Burnley last week, and, and Burnley's in Europe. Yeah, you know. So, but again, like you said, they're playing tough teams. Yeah, and you know they're getting beat by them. Yeah. So I mean, that 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 does bode well for us. But at the same time, you know, thinking back to last season when we went to their place, a couple of shots here and there, a couple of decisions here and there go the other way, and we're down one nil. We're down even two nil. We're struggling against them. We we're lucky enough that 
Roberto Firmino puts one through the near post. Maybe that actually that was Brighton. Never mind. But you know, we ended up beating them. Um, it will benefit us that they like to play open, and that's good for us. But at the same time, you know, they've shown a proficiency to hold onto the ball against the bigger sides and like give a little bit of a go. They were very unlucky against Manchester United at home. Obviously, I think and I know that we're a better team than Man United, and so I'm not too worried about it in that aspect. And I do think that now that this team is going to play like for like, Huddersfield does play like an open style, like a la not on the same level, but a la Manchester City, your PSGs, which when we play teams like that, it benefits us. Yeah. But the fact that at the other end, we won't have to worry about, you know, Sergio Aguero, Neymar, Mbappe, like we won't have that much stress. We'll be able to look and dedicate more to going forward. Yeah. I think that'll ultimately benefit us. And so, yeah, I think this is the game where. You know, Mo Salah maybe clicks over, Roberto Firmino clicks over, all three of them. We have, it's been a while since all three of them have scored in a game, and that kind of became a thing for us towards the end of last season, yeah. like the, 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 the trio hat trick, so to speak, where they each get a goal. So I think, you know, it's setting up for that. I also, you know, the big shout that I'm giving, and I put it in my pre match blog, is Adam Lallana's back. And, you know, granted, like we did a lot without Adam Lallana last year, but at the same time, when Klopp first came in, he was like, Adam Milana was our key midfielder. He understood the pressing. He can do all the turning in tight space and beat defenders like with his back to goal that we ha- we don't have in Jeannie Vinaldum and James Milner and Jordan Henderson. Right. They're great players. They get the job done in there when they're playing as a trio. But when they're playing as a trio, we're just missing that, you know, what Cato was supposed to be, like that driving force that can be the connective tissue between our build-up play and our attacking, our attacking three. So I think, you know, he was healthy for both the Napoli and the City matches, and they didn't play him. They didn't even bring him uh, on the squad with an eye towards this Huddersfield Town matchup. So right. I think Adam Lallana starts in the midfield, and um, probably with Henderson and Vinaldum, given that James Milner's just coming back from a hamstring injury and you don't want to rush him. Um, and, yeah, I think Adam Lallana is going to reintroduce himself to the Liverpool fan base and show everyone, like, look, this is what we've been missing. You know, like, he's not Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain bombing forward with pace, but he's still that attacking, creative player that can do the work in the tight spaces that creates the opportunities for you to, to go and score the goals. And that's really what's, like, everyone's like, what's wrong with the front three? So, well, it's not so much what they're doing, it's what's going on behind them. Right. And if you don't have that connective tissue there, it's a little more difficult to go three against the back four and try to create stuff. When there's that threat of, like, the coming on add-on of, like, this midfielder that can contribute or whatever, then it starts to open up a little bit more for your front three, and then they get more service, and it looks a lot better. Um, so, yeah, with all that in mind, yeah, I just I just... I really, I'm not too worried about Huddersfield. I think we're finally that type of team that we don't slip up in these type of matches. Obviously, that's the test here. Like, this is the true test of whether we are a championship title squad. We've always been good against the big teams. We've always shown up against the big teams. Now we just need to do the nitty-gritty business of beating those teams that we're supposed to beat. Right. And that, you know, on their day, they can show up and keep us out or whatever. But, yeah, not this time around. Not, not, I think we'll handle them pretty easily. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what's your key matchup? I don't know. I'm thinking, like I said, uh, most all not really clicking, but like like you just mentioned, seeing if this is the game yeah. where they can uh, take advantage of a porous defense. Yeah, let's call it not very solid. Yeah, and you're gonna have most of the ball. I don't think I don't think they're going to do to you what they did to us. I just don't see it because you guys are playing a lot better than we are. So I see you guys having the ball. I see you guys giving Firmino and Salah service, and I'd like to see... This is hard for me because I don't... 
I like watching. It's exciting yeah. to watch you guys because you guys are an exciting team. But at the same time, I got to remember that you're our rival. Yeah, yeah. So it, at the same time, like as much as I like watching Salah play and just like score goals for yeah. fun and you're attacking, it's just so in, so fun to watch. Like I, my like my soccer love yeah. says, I, I, I can't wait to watch <laughs> you guys just like tear them apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, oh. Yeah, your Spurs, he's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. Easy. <laughs> Maybe a 1-0, please. Yeah. No, but I think I'm, I'm excited to see you guys go up against a defense that you should definitely yeah. destroy and seeing if he can get back on track. Yeah. Because I don't think he's going to replicate what he did last season. I, th- I don't think he can. It was a, a, his first season back in the Premier League, and you break the record. It's not going to happen again. Um, I'm not calling him a one-season wonder. No, 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 no. no, no. Yeah. I'm just saying you can't replicate that kind of performance. It's just year not in human. and year out. Yeah, it's just yeah, not yeah. human. Um, but can he get 20 goals? I, I think he can yeah. get 20 goals. Maybe this is the game where he does it and he scores like three. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's going to be how well does Huddersfield contain that front three uh, when we're going forward at him and like when we control the ball. Because I don't really expect them to park the bus because I think they want to play football. But at the same time, yeah, I think we're going to dominate possession. So how do they defend when we have the possession? Uh, they're not used to doing that. They're not really training to do that. And obviously, they're you know when they come up against teams where they where they don't try to defend, like a Manchester City, they get like absolutely whapped. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, the lads, you know, obviously, like I said, you don't want to compare yourself to other teams, but you. you you know, we've gone through this tough run. We're tied at the top of the table, and we haven't won in four games, and everyone's kind of like, oh, is Liverpool as good? And I think they just, like, you shut up, everyone. Like, yeah. listen, like, no one's had to play the run that we just had to play. Nobody. So, like, calm down. Like, yeah. we got actually through it pretty, you know, we took our lumps a little bit. We lost a couple games and drew a couple, but at the same time, we're in all the positions we want to be in and all the competitions, basically, uh, League Cup aside or whatever. Um so I think the lads want to come out and be like, you know what, everyone, shut the fuck up. Let's let's we're gonna wipe the floor with these guys and 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 show everyone like, by the way, in case you forgot, no, yeah, we are like different level of Liverpool this yeah. season. So like, yeah. you, you appreciate it or whatever. Um, what's your prediction? I put four nil. Four nil. So I, I'm going with what I wrote in the blog. And yeah, hey, it's gonna happen. It's been a very long time. At this point, last season, it actually came up in my Facebook memories, or whatever. Uh, midweek, this this week, last week, we beat Marbor seven nil, and that was like the game when everyone realized, like, oh, okay, like this attack can actually. Because up to that point, like we'd score some goals or whatever, but you know, we were like eighth in the table, nine points off the top. We had drawn our first two Champions League matches. You know, we were up against Sevilla and, and drew them, and then we went away to Russia and we drew um, whatever Moscow team we played. Not. We didn't play CSKA. We played Locomotive? Yeah, Locomotive Moscow, whoever we played. Yeah. You know, we we drew them, and everyone was kind of down. And then we played Marbor, and we put seven past Marbor. And everyone was like, oh, and it kind of started clicking. So maybe this will be our Marbor, and I'm going with 6-0. I think we'll do it. That's outrageous. Just one better than City. Put six past them, but then don't concede one. <laughs> and then just make up all that goal difference in one match. Just one fell swoop, and everyone's like, oh, well, <laughs> the goal difference con- conversation is completely different now. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a, a cheeky 6-0. Um, so, yeah, that's our rundown of, of the week ahead in the Premier League and, and, and a review of the previous week. Uh, we'll do this again next week, obviously. It won't be a two-week break. Um, just real quick, uh, we've put out our monthly review b- podcast, Me and David. Uh, that's up on our SoundCloud where this where you'll be listening to this, hopefully. Uh, as well, we did a, a separate segment for the Lonies. And we yeah, went over all that, the... Yeah. yeah, I'm going to listen to that one soon. So we went over the Lonies and we covered some of the youth players. And, we, yeah. and then we ended up creating a... We we our lonies our lonies segment is lonies on the left rejects on the right. right. So the good the good lonies go on the left the bad ones go on the right and we ended up building a five aside team with our rejects. 
It's a very interesting team. I give it a good, I give it a good decent chance. You got to listen to the podcast though to figure find that all out. As always, we got pre-match blogs up uh, that'll be going up as around the same time that this goes up. So go read that. Uh, if you want to write for the blog, reach out to us. Let us know. If you have an interest in maybe potting with us and you want to get on the pot or and you have an idea for some type of show, yeah, reach out to me and let me know. As always, all three LFC Tampa Bay locations will be open this weekend, serving, showing the match. If you're not a member, become a member. Uh, or and if you don't want to become a member, just come out and watch with us because it's a great time jumping around with fellow yeah. football fans. Um, so, yeah, Horse and Jockey in St. Pete, Pokies in London Heights up in Tampa. Um, and I think, yeah, other than that, uh, the only thing left to say is uh, until next time, up the Reds. And come on, you Spurs. <laughs> As always. <laughs> Enjoy your Premier League weekend, folks. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Boom. All one take this time. Oh, dude.